Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Eve Bell. Her debut album, In Between Moments, was released at the end of October on Rubyworks, which is, yes, home to Hosier and the likes of Wyvern Lingo, who have just announced this morning, actually, that they've got a new album coming out in February 2021. It's Awake You Lie, and I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm very much looking forward to 2020 being over and looking forward to things in 2021. So this is right at the top of the list. I've been a fan of Eve Bell for a couple of years and In Between Moments is coming in a stellar year of pop music. You can stick around to the end of our chat to hear Bluff from the album. It's got big Lord vibes and yeah, we also had a great chat about Lord and Taylor Swift as well as wider pop music in general. Uh, great chat with Eve about that. She's from Donegal where she learned the ropes at open mic nights and I guess came to wider prominence when Coldplay shared a cover that she did of Violet Hill on Northern Irish TV. Since then it's been a steady stream of tracks and EPs bringing us up to in between moments. This conversation was done over Zoom as we settled into lockdown two in Ireland. I won't bore you with the very 2020 problems we had before recording of trying to figure out why we couldn't hear each other but it was all plain sailing after that. In Between Moments is out now. You can listen on Spotify and all the usual places. And yeah, stick around to the end to hear the absolutely killer single, Bluff. Uh, here's myself and Eve Bell chatting on the Point of Everything podcast. Congratulations on the debut album. How are you feeling a week out from its release or a week on from its release? Yeah, thank you. Um, it's, uh, it's a strange one, definitely, because like I think I had a lot of trepidation coming up to the release because it's such a weird time and because I think and I think I'm in the same boat as a lot of people I have no experience so no frame of reference for releasing large projects like in in this kind of um a setting in terms of not being able to gig not being able to kind of do live performances of any kind of description so it's been very very strange on that front but the support has just been so unbelievably lovely and that's been really really wonderful to see um, so honestly, it's it's going. I'm only a week in, but it's it's gone much better than I than I kind of foresaw it going. Um, I, I was I was very nervous to release something in this kind of climate. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really delighted with how it's been how it's been taken away. Do you think like it's it's hard to say because since it is your debut album, but like do you feel extra pressure on you or no pressure on you at all with the release of the album? Like in the middle of lockdown when you can't play gigs and you can't get out there and kind of uh, do all of the usual promotion and stuff. Like is there extra or less pressure? Do you think? I mean, I'm a little bit biased because I'm I'm me, but extra pressure I feel because uh, I feel like I don't. Uh, I mean, performing live is such a huge part of what I do, and that's kind of taken away. That's taken away of how people are going to build an impression of me so I do I, I did sort of feel like the album was sort of 100% responsible for setting the tone of kind of who I am as as an artist going forward like I, I have released smaller projects but I mean hopefully this is going to reach more people and they're not going to be able to see me performing live they're not going to you know they're only going to get the aspect of my personality that exists on social media they're not going to get to see me in that kind of live setting um so I did feel like the album was sort of there was a lot of weight on it um to sort of set the tone going forward and I guess that's true of any debut album but um I'm someone who absolutely adores playing live and, and that is a huge part of why I I do what I do why I play music so it's it, it is definitely strange to to let the sort of recording aspect and releasing aspect to take 100% of the weight of 
like my career for a little while um so yeah i feel like that definitely added pressure so maybe like explain what it's like trying to do the promo for an album in lockdown have you just been on your phone like doing stuff on social media like all the time like is it like oh, i need to get rid of this thing in my hand yeah like i mean i am literally on my phone constantly which is um which is a weird one because like i i'm kind of i feel as we're sort of becoming more sort of aware on about social media and it's kind of impacts on like other elements of your life I have a lot of friends who are like I'm just like putting my phone away for like four or five hours a day I'm not touching it I'm not doing it and I'm like I wish I could do that I wish so bad but it's just the whole world is there in your hand and that's that's all you have you can't go out and and show your stuff in in terms of like live performance anymore as I was saying so it is just literally your phone is in your hand constantly you are taken away constantly if something happens you want to kind of be reacting to it if if you have something new you want to make sure it's really really present and visible so yeah it's a it's a lot of work um and I've definitely become very very dependent on my phone you've done a couple of live streams as well how do you find them they're uh it's a, it's definitely it's it's cool like it's I, I really enjoy them and they're really really fun but uh, it's it's kind of a surreal, like strange experience because I, I feel like when you're gigging and it's um, people are reacting to the song like in real time, like people are sort of like you'll be halfway through something and they'll be like, oh, wow, I really like how you sang that or, oh, I want you to do this song next. And you're sort of trying to like not read that while it's kind of coming in in, in real time. And then um, I, I guess there's some there's something kind of cool about that, like seeing like, oh, this is what's going through people's heads like while I'm singing, because I think in in traditional settings obviously like you don't really get to talk to people during the gigs like you don't really go what did you guys think of that after every song so it's uh it's definitely a new take on gigging but i have been enjoying it like it's they've been really cool yeah and uh just just before we move move on and discuss you as an artist and um everything and everything about the making of the album this is the second lockdown that we're in now how was uh the first one for you any advice for artists people just to make it through so yeah the first lockdown I was in Donegal for all of it so it was it was an eventful time in my life and that I was in Donegal I finished my degree um mid-lockdown and it was just it was very very strange um my bit of advice that I sort of came to like I came to a bit of realization halfway through the first one is that as much as I'm as I said, you know, I'm on social media a lot and I feel like over lockdown we are on social media a lot more. We're very reliant on it to stay connected and just be very aware that people put the best minute of their day on social media. And over lockdown, most of the minutes of your day are probably not up to par with what they usually are. And don't, as, as much as you can see people are like, you know, baking three or four loaves of banana bread a day and people are, you know, running 5Ks and people are learning new languages. Um, be aware that like this is, even though it's a pause on day-to-day -day life, it is an incredibly stressful historical event that we are all being forced to live through. And if you don't feel like doing anything, you are completely entitled to that. If you feel like crying in bed and eating cold pizza, you are completely entitled and that's very normal and logical reaction. So. I think if I'd realized that a lot sooner, I would have saved myself a lot of stress. So that's my bit of advice. I think that's great advice. Um, and I agree with you on the banana bread. I think if anybody suggests that someone should make a banana bread in lockdown, like they'll get thrown out of the house or something, or they'll throw the banana bread out of the house. I think people are sick of it. We've had enough <laughs> banana bread to leave it and leave it in the first half of 2020. Um, would you recommend people uh, finishing a degree in lockdown? 
honestly no you know I mean I'm glad I finished my degree and everything I'd take it over not finishing my degree but um it's really tough on on students you know and on, I'm saying that from a place of you know I was very, very lucky in that I have you know my youngest sibling is, is is 21 and I live in a house that's relatively quiet and I when I was up in Donegal you know I had people who knew I was studying and people who knew they had to kind of leave me be for a few hours a day not everyone has that you know I mean I I, my heart goes out to anyone who had like young children in the house or you know who was a, a student parent or anything like that it's, it's really really difficult and people are still in that situation now obviously people are back in college but it's uh yeah it's really really hard on students um and being in Donegal and sort of relying on the internet quality to sort of get me through um get me through academics and stuff like that it was a bit of a nightmare I was in Donegal for the first time. Uh, we did a, a week around Donegal in uh, the start of September. I thought it was amazing. It's an unbelievable place. Like, you able to were you able to kind of almost like appreciate it anew when you were there during the first lockdown? Or were you always like Donegal is the best county? What are, why don't people talk about it more? Yeah, I've I've kind of always been of the opinion it's the like I I love love love. Donegal um I'm very very proud to have kind of grown up there it was a nice place to be stranded in a lot of ways and it's very very beautiful I live near the sea we were completely uh immune to the lockdown heat wave that the rest of the country was was seeming to have so that was a little torturous it got to the point where like I would like text my my boyfriend or my friends in Dublin and I'd be like oh and how's everything down there today and they just would deliberately not mention the weather because it was just it was horrific up where I was it was just like torrential rain for weeks on end um so that wasn't great but um it was definitely it's it's very peaceful and it was it was definitely like stepping away from everything and I, th- I feel like that sort of intensified that the whole vibe of lockdown of like right you're stepping away from life for a little while life's on pause and I feel like leaving Dublin and all the busyness that goes on and um kind of going to this really rural really isolated peaceful beautiful place it was it was definitely like a bit of a surreal kind of break from from life for a while so let's focus on the music again after our nice little soiree through through Donegal did you always plan on releasing this album this year and when everything hit the pandemic and everything were you like oh maybe we hold off on this for a while I think it was something I was headed towards for a long time and I think it it it's it's a difficult one with the pandemic because I feel like you are sort of presented with that choice of like take a risk and keep going the way you were going or put everything on pause. I think during the first lockdown we we kind of thought that pause had a definite end. Um, but I think the more we learn about coronavirus and the more we learn about pandemic in general is that we we aren't really promised um, anything in terms of like a definite end. And I guess I just wasn't willing to put this on hold indefinitely um because if i if i waited to put it out until i could gig i could be waiting another year i could be waiting another year and a half um and i just i i guess i don't really believe in living life that way i think you know you've kind of got to enjoy what you have while you have it um and i think that is something that i i sort of i guess in terms of silver linings from the lockdown i think i've learned that like nothing is promised and, and you've got to kind of sort of seize the day a bit more to kind of use a use a bit of a cliche on that one but um I yeah I just I wasn't willing to put it off for a year or or more and I I, I just think it's been great in a way to kind of see that that risk has sort of paid off in terms of people's reaction to it but um yeah I think I think for a lot of musicians it's like being stuck between a rock and a hard place it's like put something out in a completely unpredictable climate or 
wait and put your entire career on hold for like two years. So um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I, I, I just went for option A and hopefully it works out. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think that it's uh, been a long time coming uh, in between moments? Like I was just looking up when your first song was. I think was was the first single that you put out in 2015. That's the, fir- that's the first one that's on... Um, Spotify uh, I think um, and then it's kind of been a steady stream of kind of singles and EPs uh, since then so it se- seems like a very kind of natural journey like did it feel like oh this is it this is what it's all been building up to or was the album just kind of like oh this is just the next step on the way? I feel like it has been building up to that and and recording and releasing the EPs was sort of the the kind of growing towards it was growing towards releasing an album and I guess the songs for this album like you know they, some of them are like a year old or a little bit more and some of them are really really new yeah like it has been like a long process leading to this but that being said there are cert- still like certain elements of it that were very like changeable until the end um so it's sort of, sort of a mix of both like there was a certain amount of spontaneity in there and it was very changeable um but um, it definitely, it's, it's been in the makings for a while. And what about yourself as an artist? How, do, how does um, that journey start? As in from the very beginning? Uh, as, as far back as you want to go. Oof, um, right. So I think when I was, I think when I was about 10 or 11, um, I just on a whim decided like literally with no outside influence I cannot tell you why I made this decision. And I was like, I want to get a guitar for Christmas. I'm going to learn the guitar. And everyone was like, all right um and uh i did that i got the world's shittiest guitar from argos uh for about i think it was about 50 quid and um i just kind of chipped away on that and then a couple of years later um i sort of started writing songs and i was about 14 at that stage and then i just sort of um ended up being well being in Donegal was a huge part of it because there is just so much music and so much support for young people who want to pursue music up there um so I ended up playing at Club Yo which is um a sort of open mic night in Leo's Tavern which is um the Clonard and Enya pub um so Moya Brennan from Clonard was running this sort of open mic evening um for for young people in the area and I started doing that and then I went to that every month and then that kind of just escalated into me sort of I had this like fixed point um in every month where I wanted to have new songs written so I could play them for people and see how people reacted um and it sort of just snowballed from from there and um I I just never stopped I think from that one point um when I decided to start writing it just it just uh it felt very natural to me and I I really really enjoyed it and I guess, yeah, I just never stopped doing it. It's interesting to hear you say that there's so many opportunities for musicians in Donegal. I think people would have presumed the opposite. Like so many people just think like, oh, you've got to go to Dublin to try and make it in the music industry or something. But uh, it seems like this kind of gave you a good grounding, I suppose, in in kind of songwriting and like like getting to hang out with those people and the people at the um, open mics. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I was, I was surrounded by music like all the time, um, and I was getting to talk to people who had been in the music industry for years. I was getting, you know, really, really insightful and helpful advice, and I think that sort of it gave me a lot of confidence up to the point where I was maybe sixteen or seventeen, and I was playing bigger gigs and I was playing support slots and stuff like that, and it just didn't terrify me the way that I think by all means it should have terrified me as a 16 year old playing these like 
quite big gigs but I had this kind of confidence from from being really encouraged by all of these incredible musicians Um, and I think that was absolutely invaluable to kind of my progression as a musician as a songwriter that I sort of had this really safe space to to learn and I think that's really important to a lot of young people um, that that they have that kind of um, avenue to to sort of explore their their musicianship and their songwriting um, and I was just lucky enough to to have that and I think it really really did uh, set me on the right path. So the person that you know you were releasing your first tracks back in 2015 would you have been surprised at kind of the big pop album that you'd release five years later like I was just listening back to that first single a couple of years ago I'm like oh wow it's it's totally different like obviously it's you know the journey that you take and the development that you make as an artist but um it's a big pop album that you've made. Yeah, I think I think little fifteen-year-old me, little indie girl, fifteen-year-old me would have been probably a little bit horrified. Um, because I think I think for a long time I really, really resisted pop music, and I really, really was like, I don't like pop music. I think it's cliche. I think there's no depth to it. And I think growing up has been realizing that that's nonsense, and kind of looking at the value of of music that um, that I've sort of always been drawn to. And I, I think. There's, there was something inherently feminine about pop music that as like a little 15 year old who was like trying to be a little musical snob, like I kind of resisted that. Um, and I, I guess sort of growing up, I, I've leaned into that more and I've embraced it more. And I think sort of getting rid of that internalized, I guess internalized misogyny, I guess, to, to a certain extent, I was sort of freed up myself to explore different kind of styles uh, of music that I was sort of, stayed away from before leaned away from and I guess um through having that sort of openness with my own process I I sort of started writing pop songs and I found that I really liked it and that I was good at it and that um when I took those into a studio setting they translated into kind of cool projects and um yeah I guess I guess little 15 year old me would probably be a bit like how did this happen how could you let this happen but um I mean I'm kind of happy with where I am now I think I think I've come on a long way um and uh, I'm happy that the sound reflects that I think where do you think that feeling towards pop would have come from like when you were 15 do you think that it's just like oh you need you know when you pick up a guitar you want to kind of play what you think might be more serious music like I I don't know I wonder if say like a, a 12 year old or 15 year old is picking it up now I think they would see the likes of, say, Harry Styles or other people kind of playing the guitar and they'd be okay with pop music now, would they? Yeah, I think so. I think I think music has become a lot more fluid, like genres have become a lot more fluid and there there's less of that weird kind of gatekeeping that used to go on. Like, I mean, I'm a an example I'll give. I'm a long suffering Taylor Swift fan and um, it's kind of just now with the last album that people have been like, wait, Taylor Swift is good. And I'm like, she's always been good. She's always been great. But it, there was always this feeling towards like pop artists. And I think especially female pop artists that it was just this generic, um, like superficial kind of sound. And um, I think now like we have like these incredible artists like Billie Eilish and, and like you said, Harry Styles that are doing pop music, but they're doing it like their own way. They're doing it differently. And there's just so, there's so much variety sonically in what we hear. Um, in popular music nowadays I, I do think that a certain amount of that is is gone that certain amount of like that disparaging attitude towards pop and what it stands and everything it stands for I think because it it was traditionally marketed towards like young girls and that was always sort of seen as like stuff that was 
kind of tacky and, and superficial but I think that's kind of gone out the window now and there's a lot more respect for for people who are kind of doing popular music their own way um so yeah I think I think it's a little bit different now and hope hopefully it's different anyway because it hopefully, it yeah. certainly was uh, a toxic kind of way to approach enjoying music so yeah do you want to have a quick Taylor Swift aside to talk about folklore where do you stand on on folklore do you think it's her be- her best album yet or are you more uh red or further back I um I think she hasn't missed in her <laughs> to be honest I think I think it's uh, folklore is is uh I think it's really fantastic in that I I think it has these elements of her discography that I've enjoyed the most seem to just sort of be at their most prominent in folklore like I I really really enjoyed um the the album before folklore lover as well um because I guess the thing I've always really liked about Taylor Swift is like her lyrical sort of the lyrical elements of her songs I think she's a fantastic lyricist and I think folklore like when you break it down to what it is it's all like little stories that she's written and she's a fantastic storyteller that element of her songwriting has always been what's kind of stood out to me um so like I I think I would say it's one it's 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 her best in the sense that I think her lyricism is just at its most kind of incisive and, and really sharp um, in folklore. So yeah, I, I was really, really happy when it came out and I was like, oh, this is this is pure, unadulterated Taylor Swift in her finest form. But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely loved, loved it. I like uh, how the hype circle can kind of work with someone like that. Like when uh, the last album came out, Lover, uh, last year, um, I, I kind of went to it thinking, thinking something and I didn't quite like it as much as when I listened to it a year later after Folklore um but when Folklore came out I was like I was all about the the hype you know because I thought that the album lived up more to it but I think both are both are a really great album but it's interesting to see how an artist at that level uh can just kind of dominate things for like a couple of weeks or probably longer like yeah it's an interesting one as well because I, I do feel like it was sort of sonically a big shift for her um, which I think is like really brave and interesting at like that stage of her career. Like, I mean, I know she obviously has um, like a huge platform that she could probably do anything and she wouldn't lose a huge amount of money. If she has like lots and lots and lots of fans and people who would buy the album regardless. But I think it was really interesting to just sort of be like, no, this is what I want to do now. And I want to be involved in the production end of things. And I want to be more involved in the lyricism than I have been previously. And I think that paid off for her and I, I think that's I don't know I think it's great five stars love it yeah <laughs> I you know what's mental is that uh only last week I saw on Pitchfork they said that uh Folklore is the first album this year to sell a million copies in uh America which I think is crazy it's just like you know it, it's almost such a small amount and I'm like oh my god if Taylor Swift is only selling a million copies what is everybody else doing yeah it's um that's kind of terrifying like i saw like this is again similar but not similar but i saw that like the highest grossing movie of 2020 is like the sonic the hedgehog movie and i'm like how how did that happen (laughs) but it's just everything has stopped and there's like a lot of like um yeah like i guess curveballs in the entertainment industry and these big kind of moments that we would see like oh the highest grossing album of 2020 the highest grossing film of 2020 like it's it's all kind of out the window and it's it's like we've all had to find new ways of of doing things and I I guess it's going to be really interesting to see how that kind of pans out in the next couple of years and when things do eventually reopen and and, you know concerts and gigging like I mean you're going to have all of these artists that some of them were on an album cycle some of them were touring 
and then they're all going to want to be touring at the same time and I'm like how is that going to work like it's 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 just there's a lot of weird unknown things that it's just going to be really interesting to see how that pans out um and one artist who we haven't really heard much about in 2020 but I I would think would be a big influence on you is Lord I kind of hear her uh influence a lot on this album am I correct in that uh in that guess Yes. Um, no, I, I, I loved um, her first album was definitely like a formative songwriting thing um, when I was, God, I think I maybe was 16 when that came out, maybe, maybe 17. Um, and I think I, what I really, really like about her songwriting is it just sort of is a stream of consciousness sometimes. And I think, the, again, the storytelling element, even though it's in kind of more like abstract images, um, is really, really prominent. And I, I always kind of loved that about her songwriting. I had very vivid images of what she was talking about in my head while she was singing while I was listening to it. Um, but yeah, she was definitely a big, big influence on me. Like that that's all kind of formulating as your, you know, 2016, 2017. When do Ruby Works come into the story? I think it was around, um, it was around 2015, 2016. It was um, just after I'd, I'd moved to Dublin. Yeah, it's been god it's been about it's been about four years yeah i think i i think i signed with them in 2016 so yeah it's been it's, it's been a while now actually what kind of do they offer is it kind of like you know they, they'll kind of help you develop as an artist are they kind of like uh gonna show you the ropes a little bit um or, or is it just simply we'll put out your music um no there was cert- certainly like um an amount of of kind of helping me to develop and helping me to kind of giving me the space to to develop and and you know showing me the the ropes of of kind of the music industry because I think I was 19 at that stage just I just turned 19 um so as much as I had been kind of gigging um and doing the odd gig before that I, I did you know having that help to sort of navigate this new like an industry which is what I was sort of gradually realizing it was I was like wow this is a business there are people who view this from like a 100% business point of view and that is just so unbelievably not where I was at that time um so it was a, definitely having them there to kind of help me navigate this that kind of new world that I was kind of finding myself in and they gave me the space to kind of write they gave me the space to sort of maintain that kind of creativity which is why I kind of went into songwriting in the first place um which was definitely like very very helpful for for a young songwriter kind of trying to figure out where she was and find her feet and you figuring out that this was a kind of an industry was that after Coldplay uh were tweeting about your cover of Violet Hill was were you kind of getting emails and offers and stuff after that came out and that's what made you realize like oh this is something that I can do for a living and and also, what what's it like when someone like Coldplay tweets uh, your performance? It must be mental. See, I was actually, I, I was with another small indie label before Rubyworks, and that's when the Coldplay thing happened. I was over in the UK, and I was um, on a writing trip, actually, and it was a Saturday or something, so I didn't have any sessions that day, and I was the video of me covering Violet Hill had gone up um, on a BBC Northern Ireland show called Ilaranini. And um, I had sort of, I was like, oh, I, I enjoyed that performance a lot. It was really cool, but I, I hadn't really thought much else would happen with it. I was like, oh, it's nice. It's a nice video and and everything. And then I saw, I saw like a tweet um, or something, like I got a notification. It was like, oh, you know, Coldplay 
shared this or whatever and I sort of initially assumed it was like a fan account or something and I was like oh that's nice like that's that's cool and then I like saw the blue tick next to it and I was like oh like surely not no but um yeah it was actually Coldplay and I was I was it was weird because I was like on my own in in London at this point and I didn't really didn't really know anyone um where I was so I was just like ringing my mom being like did you see this like what is happening um but yeah it was that was that was definitely strange um because it was like a huge amount of attention that I like wasn't used to getting I was very much kind of still starting out um in in my career and and that did sort of drive home to me I was like wow like that's just how quickly you can get this huge influx of information and I guess at that stage of attention not information um but I guess at that stage I didn't have the the right tools to use that as best I could to kind of mobilize on that kind of attention that was coming in and I I sort of realized that then I was like oh god like what do I do now and I I was sort of realizing that I didn't know I I had no idea what to do next when when something like that kind of came my way I I didn't know what to do um so I guess working with Rubyworks it was it was great to have people who sort of knew that side of things who knew the kind of industry side of things a little bit better and um I mean I'm mad into social media and stuff like that now but at that stage I had no idea what was going on I just um wasn't was was no good with any any of that side of things the promotional side of things so they definitely kind of helped me in that sense as well and and like would you know what to do now uh if if something like that happened I think so yeah I think I'm in a, I'm in a better position now and that I'm completely addicted to my phone and that <laughs> I have been enslaved um by the technological revolution and that yeah I guess I would sort of um I, I sort of would know now to sort of really kind of mobilize myself and put all of my kind of energy on my socials into 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 that and to keep creating as well I think I think that was the thing I was a bit when I was kind of a bit younger and something like that happened I was like I'm really overwhelmed and I don't know what to do now whereas now I'm like you know take confidence from that kind of thing and, and keep creating keep putting out content and um yeah well like hopefully I, I <laughs> if, if um anything like that ever happens again hopefully I will uh be sure to mobilize on that one and and another uh nice thing that came that's come from rubyworks has been supporting hosier as well you supported him uh for a couple of nights in the academy was it that must have been a nice experience um yeah that was completely surreal um like i sang hosier songs for my like junior cert music practical so i was just it was very very surreal and incredible like absolutely incredible um as an experience and he's lovely he is very very nice man um and it was just sort of being in that position I was a bit it was really overwhelming in a sense because I was like wow you know this is one of my absolute favorite musicians that I'm getting to meet and getting to to support and play my music to his audiences and his and I think playing to that crowd was incredible as well because they were just absolutely lovely as an audience to play for as well and the response was just really fantastic so yeah like I, I think that that was definitely like a favorite moment in in my music career as well I think and I guess that kind of bring brings us up or, or brings us up somewhat to uh, uh, this new album tell me about uh, when you started writing it and like did it feel like you were going to go for a completely different sound than you had gone before like 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 we mentioned that pop sound like when when did you realize that's what you were going to do with this album I think um for the past couple of years with 
in terms of recording production, I've been working with this fantastic producer called Fred Cox and he is just, he's very, very good at what he does. And we have like a great working relationship in that, like the more kind of time, the, the more frequently I kind of went over and worked with him in London. Um, you know, we just got really comfortable with each other and we were great friends and everything. And I think the more time I spent going into the studio, the more sort of confident I became in like trying new things uh sonically and when i was over there recording i was sort of like you know i was uh, i guess the stuff i was listening to at that point in time was becoming a lot more varied and i was sort of in a position where i had this great person i was working with who i could be like i want to try this thing that is completely unlike what i've been doing previously i just have a feeling it will be cool is that okay can we try it it might sound terrible and he was just like yes absolutely 100 let's do that and like he he's someone who's super enthusiastic about trying weird things and trying things that don't make any sense but then suddenly they do make sense um and i guess sort of having built up that confidence in in a studio environment um that sort of allowed me to to decide to kind of take that new route with the album but i guess the, the kind of first songs on that album are maybe a year old. So I guess that they started being recorded, I guess, a year and a half ago. Um, but that sort of pop trajectory was definitely in the makings from when I started working with Fred. Wow. And, and songwriting wise, would you do you feel a lot more confident now than you would have done even a couple of years ago? Like you mentioned doing a couple of workshops and stuff like that. Do you feel like uh, you, you've kind of um figured it out or at least some part of it anyway i don't think i don't think i'll ever figure it out <laughs> and i i hope i don't because i think i think half the fun is is trying to like unravel what what it means to write a song and um i think i think i am more confident in that you know songwriting has always been this like intensely personal introspective thing for me um and i've learned that you know there's a certain amount of humor in in that as well like i i guess when i when i initially started writing and i was writing it was like very serious very sad um like heartbreak songs about really specific instances in my life and as i've kind of progressed as a songwriter i'm still doing that like i'm 100 still doing that but i kind of can see the the lightness in that and the humor in that and i guess getting to know myself better as an artist and as a person um i'm sort of seeing my behavior in in new ways and i think songwriting is a is a great insight into your own behavior into like you're taking like these little snapshots these little portraits of events in your life and you kind of have that to look back on like a little vignette um of of some of the more difficult moments in your life and as i do that as i listen to older songs and as i'm writing newer songs i'm like oh you know like this is what you do you put yourself constantly in these situations and um i think as i'm as i'm kind of learning to have a better insight into myself i'm i'm getting more confident in my songwriting but i mean i don't think i'll ever figure it out because if i'm if i'm writing songs about my own experience you know we, we're constantly learning about ourselves we're constantly learning about the like ultimately self-destructive things that we're doing and I think I'm I'm leaning into writing about that a lot more now I'm learning into writing about myself and the things I do as opposed to like my romantic relationships and how they make me sad um so I I think I think I've become more confident to try new things and to and to write about different subject matters because I've, I've sort of realized how central my behavior is to the bad things that happen to me I guess so um 
<laughs> then I'm kind of trying to explore as well. Yeah, no, I was talking to uh, Alvaretti a couple of weeks ago about her uh, brilliant debut album that she just released as well. And she kind of says it's like a snapshot of her 20s, you know, like you can kind of see the the certain milestones that she's hitting sort of in her 20s. And li- like it's similar in, in this album, you know, you can kind of spot things that have happened kind of along the journey. But like, do you know when something actually happens and like... In, in the back of your mind, whether it's like awful or amazing or something like that, are you like, oh, that'll make a great idea for a song? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I mean, <laughs> it's it, uh, like, I mean, I've had some of like my saddest moments or I'm, I'm like getting broken up with or I'm like getting, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely devastated by something. And then like, I like think of it a certain way in my head and I'm like, oh, I'm in such a bad mood right now, but I need to write that down. Like, do you know what I mean? So, I mean, I guess it is uh it's just when, when you're inspired by like misery, I guess it's kind of, that's kind of a double-edged sword. Cause you can, you get something great out of like the sad moments of your life, but you're also like, you're having like the worst times that, it, that you've experienced. And you're also like, Oh God, you know, I got to get back on the grind. This is great stuff. Like, Oh, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I guess that's the songwriting version of, of it all. <laughs> and uh, I won't keep you too much longer but um i noticed you worked with some um some really great people on this album i saw that um connor adams from all twins helped you out and so did christy from laboom yes um so they're two of the newest songs um on the album um so i work with christy on bluff which is the single that was released just before the album um which was just an incredible process because I, I feel like and with and with connor as well um and the other the lads from all twins um i was very much like we come at songwriting from very different angles um and i'm i'm very lyrically inclined um and they're very much rhythm and melody inclined and i think that the two songs that i wrote so bluff and i wrote with christy and keeping you safe i wrote with all twins i was very much out of my comfort zone a little bit and I feel like the songs that came out of it were really interesting um and sort of pushed me to kind of the edges of where I would normally write um and um you know I'm I'm very happy with the songs um I think Bluff is uh one that I probably wouldn't have, have written on my own um but it definitely pulled that out of me the that kind of direction song songwriting wise it's kind of moody and still upbeat and interesting and um yeah, it was it was incredible writing with with those guys. And have you thought about what's next? Are you still like absolutely reveling in releasing in between moments, or like are you already looking to album number two, or or hopefully like stuff that's coming in twenty twenty one? Um, yeah, like I mean, I I've written a lot, a lot of music over the first lockdown, and now unfortunately the second lockdown. <laughs> um, but I I have a lot of material um that is sort of just like sitting in my brain um waiting for something to happen to it um and i i definitely want to make that into a project for maybe next year but um it's it's also a weird one because i feel like at this point um normally after releasing an album you're like right i'm gonna go gig now and i'm gonna go do all the festivals and and everything and i'm like that's just not happening that's not happening for anyone so it is just it's a weird one i'm like all right i guess i'll release another album maybe i don't know (laughs) but um yeah i i just have to to kind of wait and see where things are at but i definitely i i've started kind of trying to learn a little bit of music production as well so i'm definitely going to be trying to record some of my own stuff and, and see where that gets me um but yeah it's a it's a weird one I'm, I'm definitely just writing a lot and yeah going hell for leather trying to promote the album and and to gig online as much as i possibly can 
Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Okay, so so five or six albums uh, you'll release and then eventually we'll get to see you live again. Yeah, I'll probably be on like album six or seven by the time I get to like do a little open mic pub gig or something again, but sure look. Well, listen, uh, thanks a lot for uh, taking the time to chat. Thankfully, we got Zoom to work. Uh, the technology gremlins stayed away. Um, and best of luck with, with the rest of the album promotion. Uh, enjoy, enjoy second lockdown and uh, all of the skills you're going to learn. And uh, yeah, thanks for the chat. And yeah, best of luck with everything. Cheers. Thank you so much. Because I'm scared